Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work. I'm Annie Rogaski. So I have a bit of a podcaster's lament that I'd like to share with you. (laughs) I also would like to first thank you all for your patience in um, the varying audio quality that I've had. I've been testing out a number of different ways to record episodes And my favorite way is to interview people in person, which is great if I'm interviewing someone who is in the Bay Area, but that is too limiting because there are plenty of people all over the world, including today's guest, who have interesting, amazing things to share, and I want to be able to bring that to all of you. So I've been exploring how I can record telephone interviews not through my computer, but through my cell phone or my iPad. And it's been a challenge. I've had a number of fails and it's been pretty painful. The worst being a complete freeze of the technology that killed an interview. This episode has good and bad. Um, there, the audio quality was great on my guest side, not so great on my side. But I'm happy to report that this was the first time I tried this particular setup and it's become better, I believe. But I hope you'll bear with me on the audio on this side of things, because I think the content is worth it. I think Caroline has some great ideas and an amazing challenge at the end. So I hope you stick with it. And if you happen to be someone working on a solution to recording podcasts by phone, let me know. I would love to try out a better solution than what currently exists. Okay, lament over. Today, I have a conversation with Caroline Stokes up in Canada. I think you'll enjoy what she has to say. She shares two male ally moments. Before we get into the episode with Caroline, a quick commercial from another podcaster. As I mentioned in my last episode, I am doing this in the month of January. This is from Melanie of Mindspace Over Coffee. Check it out. See what you think. And let me know what you think about hearing from other podcasters during this podcast. It's just a way of exposing listeners to other podcasts that they might be interested in. So hopefully you enjoy it. Hey, I'm Melanie from Mindspace Over Coffee. The best conversations often happen over coffee. In this podcast, we dig deep to uncover helpful insights for living life better. Each week, I invite inspiring people with genuine stories, in-depth knowledge, and firsthand experience to discuss topics like fear, motivation, and adaptability, but in a way that's easy to follow and understand, like chatting with a friend at your favorite cafe. You can find me on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join me and my guests over coffee. Now, here's Caroline. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you very much. I'm very, very happy to be here. It's great to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So I am uh, in, in my mid-40s. I've been around the block quite a few times. I've lived in lots of different countries from Australia, the UK, Ireland, and I now call Vancouver in Canada my home. And I have two companies. Uh, the first company is Forward. It's a human capital solutions company specifically for uh, innovation leaders to find their 
uh, unicorns that will help move their digital companies forward. Uh, when we place candidates, we then coach them for 90 days and we help them through that transition. And my second company is the Emotionally Intelligent Recruiter, which is all about helping recruiters evolve in the AI age. So they are able to not only know how to adapt with um, with AI, taking, let's say, 50% of, of their traditional work, but to ensure that the human connected experience with candidates and um, employers and clients, internal and external, as well as peers, is, is, is evolved, if I can call it that. That's great. I think we, we need as much of that as we can get, especially as we move more into the AI space. Um, so I'm sure you're in great demand. You and I were talking a little bit about male ally moments. And as I mentioned to you, we are highlighting some moments where men have helped women in their careers. And I'd love to have you share with our audience one or two of the male ally moments that you have experienced. Mm, male ally moments. I remember when we first started talking about this, I was thinking, oh, male ally moments. And I, I really had to dig into them. The first one was back in the 90s when uh, I was a wee lass of around about 22-ish. And I had just, uh, I'd been with Sony Computer Entertainment in the UK for a little while. And uh, a new president had joined his name is Chris Deering. He is, he was an absolute rock. He would be the person that would sit with every single person within this very small organization that wanted to take over the world with PlayStation back in those early days and, and be the coach, be the mentor, be the guide. And I remember I had a lot of self-doubt moments, uh, you know, 22, even at 45, mm -hmm. you have self-doubt moments, <laughs> <laughs> but I probably will at 85 too. But there would be these uh, situations where I, you know, I really didn't know what what needed to be done. We were we were in an in uncharted waters, and whilst I had a very very driven, uh, global uh, world domination kind of mindset about the, the PlayStation, and I was very driven and a complete and utter workaholic. Joining him and, and other nutters at eight, uh, no, not eight a.m., but uh, on Saturdays uh, working because there was so much to do to to really launch the PlayStation and to 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 do great things he he would be the person that would that would identify with people you know and say what's going on what what is it that you that that's that's going on in in your brain and he wouldn't necessarily say what's going on with your brain but he would sit and he would listen and he would um problem solve and that's hmm was a very rare, uh, very rare attribute. The, uh, even back in the 90s, uh, before leadership became a, a kind of statement that you would expect from everybody or you, know, you would expect great leaders to, to run an organization, it was very much a, a surprise on reflection that he would be so supportive probably when i would say oh i just don't know what to do here and i'll give you some examples um i remember quite vividly the situation where i was very frustrated there were there were some fantastic reviews for a game it was called twisted metal and it was awesome and uh, it was on <laughs> playstation and uh, the, the game was getting rave reviews but the marketing budget was small and we weren't able to quite do what we wanted to do and i know i i 
put some noses out of joint, but I, I was on a mission. So, uh, and I definitely wasn't politically correct back in those, in those days. And I remember quite clearly, you know, talking with uh, Chris Deering and saying, okay, I really believe in this game and I really want to be able to do a lot more with it. Um, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how I can do what I need to do with this particular game. Uh, you know, I don't have any budget or anything like that. And I think that what lingers with me today is that we would just have a conversation about it. And it wasn't a case of somebody jumping up onto a whiteboard and saying, okay, this is what we need to do strategically. And this is what you need to do to execute it. It was a human connected conversation that I will always value. And that's, that's really what, what even today you get from Chris Deering. He has a very uh, important uh, value system that uh, is, you know, you look for now in, in people, you, mm -hmm. look for, you look for that, you know, ability in a leader to be able to sit down and really be able to, to weed out what is the problem here? What is it that you need to do? And, uh, but in a, in a, in a gentle, in a human, in a human way that doesn't make you feel inferior, that doesn't make you feel like you, you, you should be concerned or that your job is on the line or anything like that. He, he, was, he was rather fantastic. I, I love that story because I like the emphasis on the human connection and the humanity of the relationships we have at work. I think that's mm -hmm. so critical to just seeing each other as people, as individuals and it doesn't even need to be a gender-based thing, but it, it, I think, is something that can readily enable better gender relations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's hard in, in this fast-paced world, and even then it was fast-paced. It's always fast-paced. Uh, it's, it's having that, uh, uh, from a leadership perspective, uh, the ability to see the potential in other people and to be, then to be able to slow down for that other person. Well, that's a great story. Thank you. Thank it sounds you. like it's been very impactful for you. And it also sounds like you've managed to, to take that experience and employ it yourself, which is great. If I hadn't had that human connected experience, I, 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 I think it would be very easy for me to go to the dark side which is very much you know it's all about performance and you know not really caring about the human behind it so yeah he uh, definitely he made a huge impact on me and you had i think a second male ally moment that you were interested in sharing with us yes um I, again other than my husband and chris deering there is a third person that was very very important to me um and i told him that he was very important to me so i'm glad that i did because he's now passed away um, mm -hmm. his name is Simon Humber and, uh, he, unbeknownst to him, <laughs> he had, a, an amazing ability to, uh, speak the truth in a very blunt way that was absolutely essential. A lot of people couldn't handle his bluntness. And I remember um, going to his uh, funeral and there was a wonderful speech by David Rutter, who is the general manager of Electronic Arts. And uh, he said, you know, people would, would walk in fear of him with that product that he worked on because he would change things in a heartbeat because he would want to do things in the right way or whatever. He was a very, very driven individual. Anyway, mm. um, 
so his, his bluntness was to the point where you could take it absolutely the wrong way. And I was definitely yearning that kind of bluntness. And I get that kind of bluntness from my husband, but sometimes you need bluntness from other people as well in your <laughs> life. And um, we, 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 we bumped into it. So the whole relationship is that I bumped into him for the first time when I worked at Virgin back in the 90s. It was my first career move. And... Um, and he was there as a, as a, you know, when we were all starting out in our career. And then fast forward 20 odd years later, uh, I bump into him at a wedding in Vancouver. And I say, hi, how are you? You know, you won't remember me, but um, th this is how we know each other. And uh, me being me, I uh, forced the relationship to uh, progress because quite frankly, you know, there was something about his brain and also being connected from so many years. I, I, I really wanted to uh, be friends with him. So the unusual thing uh, with, with uh, Simon was that, you know, I knew that he had this reputation. He was uh, very, very open, very direct, very candid to the point of you know, people might be insulted, but I sought that kind of, um, directness and one day we had sushi because I said to him okay I really want to have a conversation with you uh let's let's go out for lunch I had the unique situation where I felt so safe having a conversation with him that I told him about my 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 pain points such as uh what is it or what was it that I was not happy with in my life and it got to the point that when I was talking about my professional life and what I thought the future should look like, I realized what I needed to do. So it was just from that sushi lunch that I completely transformed what I wanted to do. And uh, I already at that time, I was a headhunter working with, um, with a company as a, in a partnership with a company in, in Europe. But I had decided that I really wanted to do something very different. And that's, that, that conversation started everything off. Uh, we, we, we grew very close in that time, uh, in, in those few years, and to the point where I got to the point where I was like, okay, I've got to get some uh, guinea pigs for my coaching uh, certification here uh, with Royal Roads University. And how am I going to do this? Oh, I'm going to contact Simon. And so I said, Simon, you need coaching, whether you like it or not. You need coaching, you know, to, to, to communicate better. And just as I reached out to him, he said, I'm ever sorry, but I've just found out that I've got cancer and uh, I'm going to be pretty much focused on, on this for the foreseeable future. And what we didn't expect was for him to die uh, a year and a half later. So, uh, but throughout that time, uh, I will always acknowledge that him being there for me, being present, um, truly listening and not judging uh, he, he literally said to me with a, a wry smile on his face when I was going through my, I'm not happy with this, that, and the other. Uh, he used this phrase very quietly. What are you going to do about it? And that mm. was so <laughs> <laughs> because you know you can tell he he listened and he wasn't judgmental and he wasn't saying oh caroline shut up <laughs> he was he was there <laughs> and he wanted to hear what i was going to do about it and it opened up a whole door so it was uh it was very powerful and he was an ally up until um several days before he died and i will never forget what he how his 
contributions uh, in a selfless way really made such an impact. Uh, so when you combine, you know, my husband who has to deal with me daily, as husbands do, and <laughs> to have that additional uh, kind of fire from somebody else as well, it, it was quite a, an amazing and, and very powerful um, team uh, and, and two fantastic allies. Well, that's great. What, what a wonderful and special relationship you had with Simon. Um, it was. It, it struck me, yeah, that the, the story you told, it, it, was, it surprised me the language you used because you were talking about how direct he is. And then you talked about how safe you felt in basically laying your fears out to him, which... Yeah which those two things together, I don't often hear. Mm. <laughs> often people who are really direct, you know, people are not as willing to be vulnerable. And it sounds like you had a very um, good relationship with him where you were able to be vulnerable and he was able to really get to the heart of what your issues were and really challenge you to go on to great things. Mm. It's, it's mm. a really special story. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a tough cookie. He would be very tough with people <laughs> around him. And, um, but he, again, he was able to take a beat and take the time. Great. Well, do you have a challenge for our listeners and it can come from any of your male ally moments or anything else, but something that you would ask our listeners to try when they go to work tomorrow or later this week um, something that they can do to be a better ally or to um, even the playing field of gender at work? Mm -hmm. I do have a challenge. There are these two people in my life. They're uh, Facebook friends, but I've known them. I've worked with them on two separate occasions uh, in the UK. And um, with both of them, again, they, they were actually male allies and I would be able to sit with them and, and work out what the strategy was with the company or with whatever challenge that we were having, we had at that particular time. So that's, that's, that's the first, the first point I want to be able to say. So I've known them for over 20 years. And, um, when I found out that both of them had very, very serious, um, uh, bicycle accidents in the UK to the point that both of them could have died because there were car accidents, two cars at separate, separate times within six months of each other. They're in different parts of the UK. Cars went into them and they, they are both wow. high performance athletes. Uh, one is an Ironman athlete. He's done numerous Iron, 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 Ironman challenges and is incredibly, incredibly uh, athletic and a high performance athlete. And the other one is also a high performance athlete and he will cycle all over the world. So both of these people, uh, when I found out that they had uh, accidents, I took a beat and I reached out to them and I, 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 I thought to myself in a very similar way with Simon Humber as well when he had cancer is that you have to be there for people. You can't just say, oh, I hope everything gets better, mate, uh, you know, or, um, uh, or thoughts and prayers. It really is a case of you need to be there for them, uh, which means asking them how they're doing. Their first response is going to be, oh, things are okay. Mm -mm. My, so that you need to dig deeper and you need to be prepared to be there for them as an ally in that particular situation. 
So one thing that I did, um, and it wasn't until I didn't connect the dots until quite, quite some time later, literally about six weeks ago, but with those two people, um, I decided to connect them. They didn't know each other. They, they come from different industries. Uh, they both are very different human beings, but there was this one connected point, which is that they have metal keeping their bones together. They are in under chronic, chronic pain. They have to live with that chronic pain every single day. And it's very hard mm. to get through every single day. And they don't tell people about that kind of pain. They mm. simply know from experience, as, as, as have I with, with my son who's gone through various neurosurgeries, that people find it very, very hard to deal with other people's uh, grief, pain, uh, and they don't want to get involved or they don't know how to get involved. So I think, right. my, yeah, and it's, it's hard. So I think my, my challenge for people, uh, and this is a really tough challenge, uh, but it's to think this week about how you would want to be treated if you had a situation uh, whereby you needed support, emotional support. And I'm not talking about going around to somebody's house and holding their hand. Maybe that is something that you want to do or just being there and asking them questions and be just being there to listen to them. Think about how you would want to be treated in those particular situations and think about how you can turn that kind of storyline around so you were able to support others in that way. And sometimes it's people that you work with, maybe something has happened to them, uh, their, their family, a relative, um, and they may want to talk about it. Um, dealing with somebody who's going to cry on the spot is very, very difficult to deal with, but sometimes just being there and present and being able to support them in some way, uh, you know, being able to explore that through your own experiences and, and being able to understand uh, what you would want to do in that situation is is uh is is, is important um so i would i would throw that out there i think it's it's a really tough one because in general yeah. we don't know how to handle other people's emotions we don't know what to say we know that sometimes what we say can be quite futile and sometimes saying nothing and just asking the questions is all you need to do and just getting it back and and avoiding absorbing their their pain you know as we go through life it's inescapable we there's always going to be colleagues uh bosses uh direct reports that have uh major life incidents whether or not they they have been involved in an accident or they've caused an accident or they have are seriously injured or you know somebody very important to them has, has passed in their lives and developing that toolkit is really important so i think the 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 um assignment for your listeners this week is you know how do you want to develop your toolkit because uh, if we're talking about male allies that help us how can we be allies for other people as well i love that wow that is a very difficult challenge um but an important one and i think it ties nicely back to your story and the the human connection and the humanity it's hard sometimes to find that at work but um knowing that everyone comes to the workplace with their own struggles um, if there is an ability to be more empathetic and see their humanity and help them, I think that moves us all forward. So thank you so much for that challenge. 
I wasn't expecting it. And I'm, I'm now thinking, wow, I've got my work cut out. For me, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, I mean, that's okay. We want to be challenged. I'm not mm-hmm. asking for people to take their pain. That's not what it's about. It's, it's just right. about listening and learning about how to develop that listening skill without it impa- impacting your energy. And guess what? I'm still working on it. <laughs> Great. Well, you can join us in that challenge. I will be. I will. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been a lovely conversation and I appreciate the stories that you've shared and the challenge that you've issued. And I think that you've given our listeners a lot to think about. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you, Annie. Thank you, Caroline, for those stories and for that challenge. It's, there's so many ideas that came out of that that I think are really important that I hope you took away from it. Things like uh, having human connected conversations and, and seeing the potential in other people and taking that time to slow down enough to connect with them. What I thought was really interesting was that Caroline's second ally, Simon, could speak the truth to people in a very blunt way, which works for some people, but not everyone. I think it raises issues like how do you, as potentially the recipient of a mentoring moment, how do you hear the message even if the package it comes in is not something that naturally resonates with you but then also for the mentors or the allies can you share your messaging in a way that is uh, more centered on the person that you're mentoring or being an ally to can you repackage your advice in a way to ensure that it's heard by the person that you want to hear it so just some thoughts on that another point that i thought was worth highlighting from caroline's stories was the concept of listening without judging i think that's a really difficult thing to do i think we go through our lives judging people or judging situations and it's a natural part of our personality so one minor challenge for you this week is can you listen to what they're saying without judging their words their ideas and without judging them So let me know if you engage in any of these challenges and have an experience that you'd like to share. As you know, I am trying to increase listenership for Unraveling Pink in 2018. That's one of my goals. So if you haven't shared Unraveling Pink with a friend or a family member or a colleague, I would give you yet another challenge and ask you to do that this week. It helps a lot. And if you haven't reviewed Unraveling Pink on iTunes or other platforms that you listen on, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn. If you can take a couple seconds, minutes to do that, it would help a lot. Together, we can unravel the pink bandana.